If you'll stand with us, Luke chapter 16, I shared this in Sunday school, and I want to say it this morning, that in all my years of preaching in this church, I've never, and maybe even in preaching, I've never had a greater burden to preach to the lost than what I've had this morning, and I've carried it all this week, and uh, and I just, I'm just praying, and of course God's already done something this morning, we've seen one soul saved, but I've just been agonizing this week that God would save some folks, and uh, I'm praying that he'll do that this morning, and so I want you to pray for me, and uh, I pray that God would just help me this morning uh, to preach his word. Luke chapter 16 and verse number 19. The Bible says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Let's bow for prayer this morning. You can be seated. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come into your presence this morning, God, we realize that we're nothing but clay. God, we realize that we have nothing within ourselves to do anything to help anyone. But Lord, we lift our eyes unto the hills from whence cometh our help. God, we look to you this morning. You're the creator of the heavens and the earth. God, you're almighty and you're all powerful. God, you can save. Lord, your arm is not shortened that you cannot save. Neither is your ear heavy that you cannot hear. And I pray this morning in the name that is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus. God, I pray for power. I pray for the anointing of God, the touch of God, not for myself, not to lift up the flesh. But I pray, O oh God, that you would walk up and down the aisles of this church, Lord, in every pew, and Lord, through the corridor of every heart, of every individual. I pray the Holy Ghost would speak to every heart this morning. I ask you to save the lost. I pray you'll reclaim the backslid. God, I pray that you'll pull the scales off the eyes of those that are blind this morning. And Lord, may they see themselves, as may we all see ourselves as we really are. God, I pray that we'll leave this place changed and challenged for the glory of God, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to draw your attention to verse number 19 this morning. And I preached last Sunday on the subject of the poverty of riches in Luke chapter number 12. And we looked at the rich man in Luke chapter 12, how that he tore down, it was had the goal to tear down his barns and build greater barns. But God said to him that his soul would be required that that very night. And in Luke chapter 12, there's a rich man that thought that he would be able to take ease and that he would be able to live life in a very comfortable form and a comfortable fashion for many, many days, only to find that he had less than 24 hours to live on earth. And friend, that's a constant reminder to all of us that death is just one step away from all of our lives. Amen. We may be here today, but we can be gone tomorrow. We know that there is no promise of another sunrise. And we saw in Luke chapter 12, the poverty of riches, but I want to preach this morning on this subject on the price of riches this morning, because in Luke chapter 16 there's another rich man that the Bible talks about here, and this man, the Bible says that he was very, very rich, and we notice that this man in Luke chapter 16 in verse number 19, we find that he's a real man, as the Bible said that there was a certain rich man. Now we know that Luke 16 is not a parable uh, for the name Lazarus and the 
name Abraham is mentioned in Luke chapter 16. And in parables, there's no mention of names. So this is a real man that lived upon this earth. It's often been said that the man in Luke chapter 12 that was rich can be seen as a middle-aged man. And the man in Luke chapter 16 can be seen as an older man. There's no real evidence that this man was in the older stages of life. But I do want to point out that he had five brethren that was living on earth and that he had a father that was probably, possibly, had already deceased and went out into eternity. That would put him somewheres from middle age and beyond. But we know that this is a real man. We know that in verse number 19, he was a rich man. As Jesus said, there was a certain rich man. And here's a man that had success and status in society. Now I want to just stop and say that there's a lot of people in life that have put their faith and their trust in riches only to find out that riches will not satisfy Riches is not sufficient and in riches there is no salvation this morning. Friend, I want to tell you riches will leave you disappointed and depleted in eternity. And so we see that he was a rich man. I want to say also according to verse number 19 he was a very relaxed man. As the Bible says that he was clothed in purple and fine linen and he fared sumptuously every day. This is a man in Luke 16, a lot like the man in Luke chapter 12. He was living a very comfortable and a very easy life. I'll be li- I would be lying to you this morning if I told you that I didn't want to have a comfortable life. But real comfort does not come in riches, friend. Real comfort does not come in materialistic gain. Comfort only comes in the peace that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So when we think about this man this morning, we find in verse number 19, I notice here first of all that this man looked good in this world. As the Bible said that he was clothed in purple and fine linen. When you think about that color purple and that fine linen, hey listen, that's the material that the high priest wore. That was very costly material. And this man was clothed in purple, meaning that he didn't just wear a little bit of it, but he wore it, my friend, from the top to the bottom. He was clothed within and without with purple and fine linen. He had the very best that money had to offer and he looked good in this world. If we was to put this in modern day times, it would be like this. When you turn the, uh, the, the television screen on or if you look at the internet and you see people in this world and you see them rich, you never find them dressed in shabby clothing, do you? They're always wearing the best, isn't that right? In fact, the world has a motto that says dress for success. And here's a man that was dressed for success. He was, he looked good to this world. When people saw him, they looked at him and thought, man, there's a guy that has made it. There's a man that has everything that life has to offer. He looked good in this world. A second thing I see about this man is that he loved this world. The Bible says in verse number 19 that he fared sumptuously every day. You know, Thayer says that that phrase, fared sumptuously, It's a type of merriment uh, that has to do with feasting. And so here's a man that lived every day. He threw a feast. Every day he had a party. 
Every day he enjoyed life at its best. He, he didn't just look good in this world, but here's a man that loved this world. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And God warns us of that, that the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. What is the will of the Father? First Timothy chapter number two and verse number four says, who will have all men to to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. The will of the Father is that we don't love this world, but that we love God and that we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. But here's a man that loved this world, friend. The Bible said he didn't just fare sumptuously. He didn't just party now and then, but he lived it every day. He lived a party life. He enjoyed the, the festivities of life. The, he enjoyed all that life had to offer. The Bible says in verse number 20 that there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring, notice this, to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and they licked his sores. Do you know what they would do in Bible days? I read this in, in a commentary just the other day. It said in Bible days, Brother Charles, that those that was rich, that when they would sit down and they would have a big feast, that when uh, as they were eating that feast there, that they would wipe their fingers with thick bread and they would take uh, and that bread and rather than using napkins or, or using a paper towel or using some kind of cloth like we would use, but to show their wealth and to show their riches, uh, they would take literally thick pieces of bread and they would wipe their fingers with it and throw it down in the floor to signify the riches that they had. The Bible said that Lazarus desired the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Here's a man that was a glutton. Here's a man that had so much in this world and he never thought about anything. He loved this world. Amen. There's a lot of people just like this man. They love this world. Here's a man that never had to think about eternity because he was too consumed with the earthly. And friend, there are people today that they don't have time for God because of the love for riches. The materialistic things of this world. You say, but preacher, I'm not rich this morning. I want to say this morning that if we was to go to a third world country and visit for a week, we would find out that every single one of us are richer than what we think we are. Friend, two-thirds of this world looks at the modern-day average American and calls us rich because we have, been, we have lived in a land that is so blessed with bounty that what we measure riches by, my friend, is not what... Listen, the world looks at us, uh, and we're rich this morning compared to this world's earthly goods. The problem is too many people sit in our church today, and a lot like this man, they love this world more than they love God. What's in their hip pocket and what's on their side in the, as they strap on their shoulder his many times means more to them than serving Jesus. And I want to say this morning, this man loved this world. This man looked good in this world. But I want you to notice our text this morning in verse number 22. This man lost this world. As the Bible said that it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Notice this, the rich man also died and watch this little phrase here, and was buried. Now I don't know about you this morning, but every time that I've read that phrase uh, all down through the years since I've been saved, uh, and maybe this doesn't strike you that way, but every time I've come to that last little phrase in that verse, and was buried, it's always caught my attention. 
Here's a man that had everything. And the Bible said that it came to pass that he died and he was buried. There's a period on the end of that statement. Because it's not only just the end of this verse here. There's a colon, excuse me. It's the end of this man's life. This man's life on earth comes to an end in verse 22. His life as we know it, he, he buries his, not just his flesh, but I want to say he buries all of his finances. He loses everything that it's took a lifetime to gain. He buries his family never to see them again. He buries his friends never to be around, never to party with them again. He buries all of his feast. In verse number 22, he throws his last party. He has his last good time. He enjoys his last pleasure. He eats his last meal. He lives his last day. He draws his last breath. He buries all of his fun living in his future. It's gone in just a heartbeat and just a breath. I want to tell you something everybody in this building should understand this morning. Is that every one of us are just one heartbeat and we're one breath away from eternity. And friend, what matters most today is not what we're going to eat when we leave this place. What matters most today is not what is not what, what we're going to do this afternoon or what we're going to do tonight or what we're going to even do tomorrow for we know not there's even going to be a tomorrow. The Bible said, boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I'm telling you the only thing that we should be concerned with this morning is the only thing that heaven is concerned with this morning and that is the here and now. That is this message and what you and I will do with Jesus Christ, what we will do with this invitation, how do we stand in eternity if this is the the last service, if this is the last day, if this is your last opportunity, where will you spend eternity if you leave this world today? Many have lost this world. They've lived for it only to find out that that, that, that everything that they live for is gone in just a second. The Bible said that he died and was buried. I can see in my mind that this man, when he died, no doubt he had the most luxurious luxurious funeral that a man could have. I'm sure he had the best pallbearers. I'm sure that whenever they took his body down to the funeral home, I'm sure, my friend, that the funeral director was given specific orders and instructions. uh, And I'm sure that they were on their best uh, uh, activity and that they did the best they could to provide the best ceremony. I'm sure they had the best minister that money could buy. Friends and family came from everywhere. I'm sure there was the best casket that could be picked out that money could buy. I'm sure they had the best uh, uh, decorations and the best, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, flowers that could be sent and probably no doubt the place was packed out with friends and family that came uh, to show their respect to this man that had lived uh, and no doubt had spent his luxuries on others uh, in feasting and now they're paying their respect to him. But I want to tell you all the while when all the singing and all the good things are being said, the Bible says in the next verse that in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torments. There's a price for riches, friend. There's a price for having success in this world without God. There's a price to be paid for selling your soul to this world and and turning away the Holy Ghost. There's a price for spurning the invitation. Hey, there's a price for turning a deaf ear to a preacher as he preaches to your soul. There's a price to be paid for walking out them doors this morning and saying, I don't need God. For saying, I don't need to go to the altar. There's a price to be paid for saying, I've got one more day. I've got one more chance. I've got one more opportunity. I'm here to tell you, friend, this morning, I believe in my heart 
heart that there is someone or someone sitting here today that it's now or it's never. It's time or it's eternity. It's turn or burn. And my friend, listen, it's come now or it's go to hell forever and ever. I'm saying this morning there's a price in riches. Amen. God put a burden on me Tuesday and said, I want you to preach on hell. I want you to warn people that it's soon to come. And I'm telling you this morning, there are people, as I said last Sunday, they got up thinking that they had another day and another week only to find out from last Sunday to this Sunday, they've already spent a week in hell. Can you imagine that this morning? What their first week in hell is like. Hell is so real this morning, friend. The horrors of hell is so, the torments of hell is so bad. Can you imagine just the fire alone? Jesus said in Mark chapter 9 and in verse number 43 and in verse number 45 and in verse number 47, three times he says that hell is a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. The fires of hell never go out. The flames of hell lick higher and lick hotter than any fire that has ever known to man. Friend, I'm telling you, the devil is stuck Stoking the fires of hell with the souls of lost sinners. Don't you be another piece of wood that's put on the devil's fire. Friend, I'm here to tell you, if you're lost, you need to come and be saved this morning. You need to come now. Junk your pride, junk your religion. If you got children that are lost, you need to get a burden if you're saved. You need to beg God. You need to pray over their soul. You need to live right and live for God for hopes that my friend, that your life doesn't send their souls to hell. I've been preaching that a lot lately. I believe the pride of mom and dad could send your children to hell if you're not careful. Brother, I'm telling you, we need more preaching like that in this day and time. We need some preaching that'll shock people and scare them to death. Can I get a witness right there? We need preaching that'll put us as Christians back on the altar, tears staining in the altar and weeping once again for the souls of men. We need to carry a burden for our family and our friends and our neighbors and our loved ones. My God, it'd be awful to live next door to somebody for 35 years and never carried a burden, never been a witness, never gave them a try, never told them you loved them, never told them about Jesus. How would you like to meet them at the great white throne judgment of God? My friend, with a sin of hell, and the smoke of hell coming off of them and them look at you and say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you live for God? Why didn't you be an example before me? Well, I'm telling you this morning, serious business, ain't it? And this man dies and he goes to hell and he finds out some things concerning the price of riches. He sees, number one, the emptiness. As the Bible says in verse number 19 that he fared sumptuously. Notice this last word, every day. Every day. Do you know why that man fared sumptuously every day? Because the things of this world leaves you empty. If you party today, guess what? You'll need to party tomorrow. If you smoke dope today, you don't know why he smokes dope one time and they're satisfied the rest of their life with dope, are they? No, you've got to smoke it again and again and again. If you take pills today, you'll have to take them tomorrow just to get through the day. If you drink one beer, you'll need another one. 
If, listen, if you live a wicked life, you're going to have to continue that lifestyle in order to find fulfillment if you don't know Jesus this morning because, friend, the things of this world, if you make one dollar to build satisfaction in your life, you'll have to make a million dollars and then you'll have to make another million dollars and then you'll have to make another million dollars. You know why? Because the things of this world only does one thing in our life and that is they leave us empty, friend. They do not satisfy. I'm telling you, if you get a nice car now, you'll need another nice car later. If you get a bass boat, you'll need a bigger bass boat. If you get a shotgun to satisfy you, you'll have to have a whole case full of them. You know why? Only to find out the things of this world. They don't satisfy, friend. They leave you empty in this world. I'm not being ugly this morning, but do you know why when people get one tattoo, they get 25? Because they leave you empty. I heard a lady make this statement one day. She said, I don't know why I have so many tattoos. She said, they're just addictive. She said, I get one, and she said, I'm happy with it. This is what she said. And just in a place of business, she said, I get one, I'm happy with it. And after a while, she said, I just, you know, I just have to go get another one. You know why people ink up? Because they don't know Jesus. By the way, there's no such thing as a Christian getting a tattoo. Can I just say amen to that? Amen. I don't care if they do wash off, praise God. The Bible said, mark not your body. Somebody say amen. But you know what? There are people that's got saved that's had them all over. And I thank God for their salvation. I seen a man get saved one night up in North Carolina. He walked the aisle and his head had been shaved and all. And he, big old dude, he come walking down that aisle, Brother Danny, and got saved. And his whole top of his head was a spider web. And when that man got saved, he got up. He had them on both sides of his arms. When he got saved, I'm going to tell you something, he come up out of that altar shouting and rejoicing and we was rejoicing with him when he got saved. But I want to tell you something, friend, the things of this world will leave you empty every time. The world cannot satisfy. You know why that is? Because the world is temporary. Amen? The world is passing away. How can the world provide any eternal substance when it's passing away? So my friend, this man found out that the things of this world are emptiness. Amen? He found out that the things of this world, the price of riches is expensive. Do you realize this morning that it cost this man more, uh, so much to live in sin? It cost him so much to live his life without Jesus Christ. He had to fare sumptuously every day like a drug to get through the day. This man had to live life at its fullest in order just to get just to get something out of life. And when you think about people today that don't know Jesus and they get up in the morning and they go to work and they go throughout their day and then they come home to their family and they spend time with their family and they cut the grass and, and they clean the vehicles and they wash, they clean the house and they do all those activities that we do and then they get up the next day and they go back to work and, and, and they do they go through the same process of that and they take a vacation and they, and they do all these things throughout the year that people do. But can I say something to you this morning? Listen, if you don't know Jesus, uh, then what is all that about? Amen? What good is it to have all of these things? Uh, that's an expensive life to have to live uh, if you've got to live that life just to be happy. Amen? Can I tell you the good thing about being saved? You may not have two nickels rubbed together. But if you're saved this morning, you got something the world don't have. You got joy. Don't it feel good to have joy this morning? 
The world has happiness, but we have joy, amen? The difference between joy, happiness and joy is joy is a fruit of the Spirit and joy comes from within. Happiness comes from without. When they go places, it makes them happy. They're happy. You ever seen people that's all the time gotta be doing something? They all the time gotta have something new? They all the time gotta be going on some new experience just to be happy? But I'm telling you people that know Jesus, guess what? They can sit at the house stone broke and they can read the Bible and pray and listen to some good singing and good preaching and they don't have to have a mansion on the hillside. You know why? Because they got joy down in their heart. I'd rather have joy in my soul than to have a mansion on the hillside any day. Thank God there's joy in knowing Jesus this morning. Do you know him today? Do you know Jesus? Is he real to you this morning? Is there a reality in serving God today is what I'm saying. This man found out that the price of riches is expensive. He found out that the price of riches, listen to me, friend, he found out that the price of riches is everything. You know what happened to this man in verse number 22? Everything that he had spent his whole life working for, everything that he spent his whole life trying to obtain and had obtained, he lost it all. He didn't lose some of it. He didn't lose part of it. He didn't lose most of it. He lost everything he had in one breath. When his spirit left his body, everything that was here on earth, he left behind. The Bible said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Friend, I'm telling you this morning to live for this world, I can tell you what the price tag is to love and to live for this world. You say, preacher, what is the price tag to live in sin? What is the price tag to love this world? What is it if I don't accept Jesus Christ, but I just live for the here and now? What's the price tag for that? It's everything, friend. It's everything you have. It's everything you own. It's your family. It's your friends. It's your whole life. It's everything you can obtain. When you die, it will cost you everything you have gathered. But I'll tell you much more than that. It will cost you your soul, friend. You, my friend, you will pay throughout the rest of your life and throughout eternity if you live for this world. I'm talking about the price of riches this morning is expensive. The price of riches this morning is everything. And then I want to say lastly, the price of riches this morning is eternal. Verse 23, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. Notice, and you've heard it said many times, that the man in verse number 23, the Bible does not say that he lifted up his eyes. He said he lift up his eyes. This man is still lifting his eyes in hell. While you sit in church this morning and while I stand behind this pulpit, that man is in a Christless eternity, burning, suffering, and being tormented, a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And he's still looking upward, lifting up his eyes in hell, only to find out the price of riches is eternal. The Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul? What's a profit, man? Friend, to gain this world and to lose your soul, you've profited nothing. And I wonder this morning, I wonder, Miss, Miss Jody came to the altar this morning. 
I wonder how many people I thought this, Miss Jody, when you was in the altar. I prayed this week, and not because I prayed, but the burden of my heart the whole week is, God, would you rescue some people? And can I be honest with you this morning? I prayed for visitors to be saved. But I prayed this week, I said, God, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that I'm pastoring some people who have never truly been saved. And I don't want you to misunderstand me this morning. I'm not here to make you doubt your salvation. But I'm here to tell you, we are pastoring, we're living in a time when we are pastoring sheep and we're pastoring goats. That Bible's true, isn't it? And Matthew chapter 13 said that the enemies come in and he sowed tares among the wheat. So I would be foolish to think this morning that in a congregation this size that it's all wheat. Amen? That's contrary to that book, isn't it? It's not all wheat this morning. I'm not preaching to all wheat. I'm preaching to some tares in this building this morning. I'm preaching to some people that when somebody like that gets saved, it scares you absolutely out of your mind because you're in the same shape she was in. There's people I'm preaching to this morning, you can't keep it right because you ain't got nothing to keep right. You get in an altar and you repent. I said this in Sunday school this morning. There's people that, listen, they'll get right with God and they'll, they'll do okay for about six months and then they get sideways again. Brother George, they'll, they'll come to the altar and they'll repent and they'll apologize to the preacher or they'll apologize to a Sunday school teacher or they'll apologize to some, to some member of the church and say, I'm sorry, and it ain't six more months. They're back in the same shape they was in again. There's some moody. I'm telling you, if you say, if you, if you say any, they, they got a, listen, they got a chip the size of this Bible on their shoulder walking around, just getting as close as they can to somebody. And daring them just to go ahead and knock it off because I'm looking for a reason to get my feelings hurt. I didn't really mean that, but it's okay. <laughs> it's a good illustration. Yeah, I, I <laughs> I've seen it, friend. Hey, some of you sitting here this morning, I can look at you. And I can tell when you get sideways because I've been pastoring you long enough. And your countenance witnesses against you. And you come in with your feelings like this right here. Sometimes that's because people sit around and run their mouth. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm still preaching and I know it's past 12 o'clock. We're probably going to one. So y'all just get in it for the long haul with me. Amen. They just sit around and they run that mouth. Or they listen to garbage. Evil, evil communication corrupts good manners. You got to run from that crowd. Sit around and talk about things. Only you and the devil knows about it. And then come to church where your feelings hurt. Because you probably need to be saved. I'm not being mean. I'm just trying to, trying to shake a few people up is what I'm trying to do. Some of you folks need to wake up this morning. You're going to go to hell in a handbasket. And I don't want to stand at the judgment seat and have been your pastor. And going down the road and joining another church ain't going to make you no better while I'm on the subject. That's right. Well, I don't lie. I've I've run my course here. I'm going to go somewhere else. That don't work. I'm telling you something. You better stay where somebody loves you enough to pray for you and preach to you. That's it. I ain't perfect and you ain't perfect, but I'll tell you one thing. God knows I love you and I pray for your soul. And I don't want to see anybody in this building go to hell this morning. I, I can promise you that this morning.
And I fear in my soul, these people here, you're under old time conviction. And you need to get born again this morning, friend. You need to get saved. And I preach to you like as if this is the last sermon I'm ever going to preach in this service, in this church. I've not preached to you this morning to, to try to impress nobody. God knows that. I've not preached to you to be mean to you this morning. God knows that. I come this morning to this pulpit to wave this Bible as if this is the last red light you're going to get before you go to hell. And I want to warn you this morning, friend. You need to run to this altar and be saved. And here in just a moment, this piano is going to play. And I will have done everything that God's asked me to do and everything I can do to keep you out of hell. The rest is up to you this morning. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you with everything in my heart this morning, if you're not saved, you better come this morning and get right with God. We're getting out of this world. We're leaving this world, folks. He's coming. Y'all believe He's coming? You got to have more than your name on a church roll to go to heaven. You got to have more than, than a baptismal certificate. You got to have more than good works this morning. I want to stand at the judgment seat and I want to stand with every one of you. And I don't want there to be one tear among the wheat. I want to stand with you and know that the family circle at Bible Baptist Church is not broken this morning. But I'm afraid some of you, you're going to slip off into eternity. I wonder this morning as we stand, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Christians, would you pray this morning? That's how I'm going to preach till the Lord calls me home. Just like I preached to you this morning. Friend, I'm telling you, hell, hell is an awful reality. You're going to have to get past yourself and you're going to have to get past your pride if you get saved in this service this morning. But I wonder why folks are praying, why heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I wonder if there's somebody here this morning say, Oh God, preacher, would you pray for me? Oh God, oh God, hear me. Hear me this morning, Lord. My hand is lifted and I don't want to go to hell. And I'm asking you to pray for me. Would you reach up toward heaven and let me pray for you this morning? Is there somebody like that? Is there somebody like that this morning? How about it, friend? There's somebody here. It ain't all wheat this morning I'm preaching to. There's tares here this morning. How about it, friend? I wonder who in this building needs to walk this aisle and get born in the family of God. You need to be saved. What about it this morning? Brother David's going to sing. I'm going to sing that old song. Just as I am in church, I'm going to tell you something. We need to sing that song. Don't let him sing it by himself. I believe what really drew sinners to the altar was old-fashioned preaching and a congregation that lifted their voices up and sung them old hymns. That's what got a hold of people's hearts. And I want you to sing this song. If you can sing it and know you're saved, you ought to sing it. 
And if you're lost this morning, while they sing, would you come? Would you Just come? Just sing it, church. I am without. If you can sing it, sing it with all you got. But if you're lost this morning, why don't you run to Jesus? Why don't you junk your pride and religion and, and run to an old-fashioned altar and get born in the family of God? I wouldn't go to hell for nothing or nobody. I come this morning and be saved. Yes, I come this morning while God's a speaking. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blood to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. I won't say this this morning. Times are changing quickly. Friend, there was a time when you'd preach and pour your heart out and altars be filled with lost people. We got to get back to that, don't we? Amen, church. They're not coming by themselves. We're going to have to do what the Bible says. We're going to have to compel them to come. We're going to have to do our part. You know why the altars was filled in the 60s? You said you wasn't even alive in the 60s. How do you know that? Because I've been raised around enough people that was alive in it. I've heard enough testimonies. You know why the altars was filled? Miss Cape, you tell me if I'm wrong. You know why the altars was filled in the 60s? One simple reason. Because saved people had a burden. Am I telling you the truth this morning? People had a burden, didn't they? They spent their week trying to hunt out and search out and pray out people. They could get to church on Sunday. And they didn't have bus routes and they didn't have vans. And y'all know I'm not against that. But I'll tell you what they did. They packed them in their cars, didn't they? And they prayed them in. And they brought them to church. And the preacher preached. And the Christians prayed. And the altars filled up. And people got saved. Friend, that's where we got to get back to. We that are saved this morning, God help this preacher and everybody in this building. Not a one of us needs to leave this building this morning that what we don't leave without a burden for somebody going to hell. We don't need to leave this building thinking about where we're going to, what restaurant we're going to eat at. I'll tell you what we need to leave this building with this morning. We need to leave this building with a genuine burden. Lord, I need to do more. God, I've been a lazy Christian. I've sat on the church pew and I've worshipped and I've enjoyed the goodness of God. But I hadn't shed no tears. I hadn't done all I could do. I hadn't went to my family. I hadn't begged them to come to church with me. I hadn't asked them in a long time. I hadn't pleaded with them. I've just survived this Christian life. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm preaching where we're at this morning. And I'm telling you, friend, this morning in my soul, Brother Laddie God knows I mean this this morning. 
I want to see God save some people in 2017 in Bible Baptist Church. I want to see people get saved so bad in this church more than I've ever seen them get saved. Friend, my burden for this church has not waned. It's greater this morning, Brother Mike, than it's ever been. And I want to see people get saved. But can I put it this way? We can't do it by ourselves, can we? I can't do it, and you can't do it by ourselves. But if we'll get a burden together, if we'll pray and we'll preach, hey, we can, we can see people saved again. But we're going to have to get broken this morning. We're going to have to get broken this morning. Our heads are bowed. I wonder this morning who in this building needs to come to this altar and say, God, I need to get broken. I need my tears back. God, I need to get... I, I know we're all busy. Man, we're all busy. But I tell you more than being busy. I, I'm so sick of business. I'm so tired of just being busy. I want to be broken. I want to be broken. Brother Mark, where I, I want to be broken. I got people of Jesus comes this morning. I said, Lord, this morning. Oh God, if the rapture take place, I got family members that's going to hell. They're gone for eternity. How about it this morning? There's others that need to come. I wonder who else. I wonder who's who in this building. Your mother, your brother, your sister. I don't care how sorry and low down they be, and they got a soul. And they need to be prayed for. And they need somebody to carry a burden for them. And we ought to love them enough to at least walk an aisle and shed a tear for them this morning. There ain't a thing in this world matters more than keeping their soul out of hell. I'm telling you this morning, may God put it on us. May God put it on Bible Baptist Church more this morning than it's ever been put on us before. None of our programs, none of our activities, nothing matters this morning. None of our titles, nothing in this world, nothing we own matters. It's gone. In a heartbeat, it's all gone this morning. The only thing we can take with us is our loved ones and our neighbors and our family and our friends. Oh, I'm telling you, if you're not right with God this morning, you ought to, listen, you ought to get right with God. You ought to get right with God because it's the right thing to do. You ought to get right with God because He loves you. But you ought to get right with God because if you don't, somebody's going to hell because you didn't get right with God, friend. And that's a responsibility that's on all of us this morning. You ought to get right with God. You ought to quit having your fun time and good living. And you ought to quit your sinful lifestyle. You ought to get right with God this morning. Because if you don't, some poor soul is going to wake up in hell. Because you love the pleasures of sin more than being a witness.